Okay. So we're doing now Tuesday's portion of the Parsha of Yisro. Yisro, of course, is a Parsha of the giving of the Torah, but it begins with Yisro, Maisha's father-in-law, coming from Midian with his wife and his two sons to join the Jews in the desert. Now, Yisro was a very uh, illustrious noble person. He was originally the, one of the advisors of Paro, of Pharaoh, one of his three main advisors. And Paro presented to his advisors his plot on the Jews. Bilam thought it was a great idea. Eov kept quiet. And Yisro protested. And he knew since he protested, his life was in danger. So that night, he ran away after taking the famous staff where he knew it was hidden, which is eventually the staff that Moshe, that Moses, took from the Garden of Israel. And here he was in Midian, as, as a noble one of Midian, as a leader of Midian, until he, on his own, realized the falseness, the emptiness of idolatry, and he rejected all idolatry. As he tried out all the idols of the world, he realized there was no substance in any of them, and he rejected idolatry completely, and therefore he was shunned by his own people. And then Moses comes, marries his daughter Zipporah, and eventually leaves to lead the Jews to their freedom. So now Yisro has rejoined them. He was received with great honor. And then he sees the day when Moshe begins to judge the Jews. Because from the giving of the Torah until Yom Kippur, Moshe was basically up and down and up and down and up and down. He was in heaven for three sets of 40 days, first to receive the Torah and then to plead with God to forgive the Jewish people. When he finally secured their forgiveness in Yom Kippur, the 10th of Tishrei, and then comes down, now it's the next day, the 11th, and all day, Moses is sitting, the Jews come and they're standing, and he's holding court with all of their many, many, many issues. And Yisra says, this is not going to work. It's not proper for the Jews, and it's going to wear you out completely. We have to make a system. And the system is, we're going to have it like a pyramid structure. We're going to have many, many, many Jews appointed over every 10 Jews, we're going to have 60,000. 60,000 Jews are going to be appointed, each one to be the leader of 10 Jews. And now the pyramid is getting a bit narrower. We're going to have 12,000 Jews appointed over every 50. And then we're going to have 6,000 Jews over every 100. And then we're going to have 600 Jews over every 1,000. So we have this whole pyramid structure in place. What's ultimately going to have to come to you is only going to be the hardest of cases because it will first have to climb up the ranks from your personal leader of 10 to the leader of 50 to the leader of 100 to the leader of 1,000 to ultimately until the case would have to be delegated, you know, the ultimate Supreme Court here to Moshe. So that was his plan. It was a waterproof plan. And today Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law and did everything that he had said. So we're in chapter 18. I just read verse 24. Now in verse 25. Moses chose men of means from among all Israel and appointed them the heads of the people, leader of thousands, leader of hundreds, leader of fifties, and leader of tens. It had to be men of means, as we learned yesterday, because to be a true judge, one needs to be rich enough that they don't need to play favorites, that they don't, we're not worrying that they're going to be bribable, but they themselves would not, any money of theirs that went into litigation, they would just disown it. They would just step away from it because they really are not 
so attached to money. So men of means were appointed on all of these levels. Of course, most of the Jews at this point are men of means. They would judge the people at all times, the difficult things they would bring to Moses, and the minor things they would judge, they themselves would judge. So on this verse, you have three Rashi's, and they're all basically focusing on the grammar here. So the first one, Vishaftu, and they would judge. This is how Unklus explains it. They were judging the people. Yivion, they would bring. Again, as Unklus says, they were bringing. It's the form of the future tense. Yivion looks future, but it's present perfect, or the past progressive tense. Yishputu heim. Yishputu is very unusual because usually it's yishputu. Rashi says, even though it's written Yishputu with a shuruk, look at it as Yishpaitu with a chaylam. That's the first half of Rashi. And then Rashi says that this, all of these words are being explained differently than these same words in previous verse. In verse 22, they were all used in the command tense, which means future. But that's why Unglis translated them, they shall judge, they shall bring, they shall judge. But in our verse, it's not the command, it's not the future. It's expressing the performance, not the command. It's dealing with the situation which already came into being. Moses picked the judges, and they had begun to judge. And this is still going on. That's why it's translated in the past progressive text, what we might call present perfect form. And then Moses sent his father-in-law, and he went off to his land. Now the question is, why would Israel, who's so righteous, leave the Jews at this point? Do you think he'd stay to be with the Jewish people? The Rashi says he went to convert the members of his family, and we truly see that later in Judges that Yisro's descendants had converted and were therefore part of the Jewish people.